Hello everyone, this is Judith Wave, host of the 4th Trimester MP show. Today we got to discuss pregnancy and skin changes, and I'm here with my friend, I mean, oh my goodness, you know, Yvette Gutierrez, I just wanted to say welcome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I'm really happy and excited, you know, for everyone to learn from you and all of your expertise. So let's do the official beginning, we'll do your bio and everything else, (laughs) so everybody, I mean, they can trust that what I say are awesome, you're awesome, Um, but we'll we'll tell them why okay thank you thank you yes so Yvette Gutierrez was born in Nicaragua and came to the U.S. at the tender age of six months she's the youngest of three children and was raised by a strong single mother as a child she showed an interest in teaching and loved everything related to makeup after high school she enrolled in beauty school while in school her artistry skills flourished and she was found to be naturally talented at eyebrow shaping Ultimately, she became a professional esthetician and makeup artist. She then worked with Christian Dior Cosmetics and spent 17 years working with prestigious cosmetic brands and 12 years as a senior executive sales manager for a multi-million dollar company. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Okay. We'll stay focused. Um, She was also a state board educator for future licensed estheticians. In 2018, which is incredible foresight, in my (laughs) humble opinion. Um, She obtained her permanent makeup certification. During the pandemic, she went through that whole, you know, what do I do with my life thing that most did. Um, She was no longer fulfilled in the corporate realm, and she started her own business dedicated to all things eyebrows. That's not enough, guys. She goes even further. Um, She then ventured into the paramedical space and works with women and men that are survivors of trauma and cancer. So what does that mean? She helps patients who have alopecia, who need areola reconstruction, SMP, scar scar camouflage, and much more. Her slogan is, beauty should be used to illuminate our inner beauty and not mask it. Join me in welcoming (laughs) Yvette Gutierrez. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Very good introduction. Thank you. <laughs> it You're sounds welcome. so good when you read it out. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Is that me? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but I, I'm so grateful to be here, really, honestly. Um, I do. that. That's the biggest thing for me. And I knew I wanted to get into beauty before I was even an adult. It, it was in me. I didn't know what route it was going to take me. But knowing now and everything that we've gone through and where the world is nowadays, I feel beauty is used to mask and to hide behind it. Um, and really beauty should be to enhance and to really, like you said, like I said, illuminate what you have going on the inside. And especially when we've gone through so much trauma and as a woman, especially, I would say when you go through a mastectomy or you go through trauma, cancer, alopecia, where you're really losing a part of yourself. Um, and yes, it's physical, and some people may call it vain to a certain you know degree, but when you're talking about this, you know you're losing something that has identified you as a woman for so long. So how can we bring that back into really restoring you as a woman? You know, we go through our, we give our bodies when we have a children, when we go again through trauma. You know, you're giving this physical part of yourself, and you're wearing these battle scars. And how can we, you know, help to restore that? So that's really what I'm all about. Yeah. And that's why I think I really like your story resonated so much with me because, you know, before I am doing what I'm doing now, I spent seven years working with cancer patients. And so, you know, our focus was, oh my goodness, how do we get the cancer out? And then, you know, 
we didn't care about everything else. And then patients would come back a year, five years often, and they're like, how do I reclaim me? I am more than my cancer. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to pregnancy and, and going through that change. You're like, there's someone who's taking over my body. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're taking over my identity with it. And how do I, how am I, you know, just as an example, how am I Judith Waif and mother of Zia Marie went? Like, how am I, how am I that person? Right. Um, how can I get the two people to mesh? Like, should I wear this lip gloss? Like, you know, so like all of that stuff. So really, it, it's so key. Absolutely. And it does start with loving yourself and accepting who you are, knowing that you're beautiful in any and every stage that we go through. But again, when you look good, you feel good. So it's a representation of how can we show on the outside what we truly do feel on the inside. So it's really about learning how to accept ourselves first and then enhancing that and going forward. I agree completely. So we are just going to discuss some of the regular normal physiologic changes, right, that we expect in pregnancy. Some rare, but we'll really touch on the most common ones. Okay. Right. Um, okay. So we go through, our skin goes through a little bit of a battle. Um, and it's for four, because of four primary things. Okay. Right? We have hormonal changes. We have vascular changes, metabolic changes, and immunologic changes. So I'll just spend some time breaking down each of those. Right. Um, so hormonal changes. So hormones are just chemical messengers within our body. And it just sends like a little bit, it just sends a message to tissues and organs and says, this is how I need you to behave. Okay. Right. Um, and we know that there are significant increases for specific ones. We have our estrogen, we have our progesterone, HCG, um, and a bunch of others. And then our placenta just kind of goes wild with it. Um, but so definitely hormonal changes. Okay. Right. That's definitely going to impact the skin. Yes. Now vascular changes, our blood vessels, they enlarge and become leaky and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's significant implications for that when we get into like varicose veins and other things, which we'll cover right. a little bit later. Um, I know ladies in life too, you can get varicose veins on the face, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. We call those cuprose. Okay. Yes. Okay. Tell me, tell me that again. Uh, so cuprose veins mm -hmm. are like the little tiny spider veins, but it would be more around the air, uh, like the nose and the face area. And these are things that are very normal and they pop up, you know? So, okay. um, okay. So I'm definitely going to include that cause I had not heard of those. Yeah. yeah so I'll include <laughs> those in the show notes. So. Um, and then metabolic changes, you know, that, you know, we need so much more energy, right? During pregnancy. I think we need it overall, but <laughs> pregnancy, it's like <laughs> boosted a little extra. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So like from first trimester, we have, we have less demands. And then by the time we get to the third trimester, it's ridiculous how much more our body's doing, right? Wow, Supporting yes. our own pregnancy yeah. as well as the baby. Um, and then immunologic changes. So we know that we have some immune suppression during pregnancy and that's just to, so the baby can survive. Okay. But that definitely yeah. has an impact on our skin. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So hyperpigmentation, right? Oof. Yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, baby. Yes. You right. Know? You're not only having this little tiny human <laughs> taking over your body, but you're actually showing signs of hyperpigmentation pigmentation or melasma as mm -hmm. they call it and i see a lot of this especially in the beauty industry it's with you throughout the pregnancy and unfortunately sometimes it stays with you after once you have melasma it's very very difficult to get rid of because it's kind of like a blueprint into the skin um so there are a lot of services that you can do laser you can go to dermatologists there's creams topicals 
um, hydroquinone, bleaching agents, retinols, um, where you want to be a little bit more on the skin-suitical type. And it does work. It helps to lighten. But once they're there, they're there, unfortunately. And once you go out into the sun and you don't take care of it, boom, they're going to come out again. Sure. And sometimes as we get older and we go through our, the other beautiful yes. changing of, you know, <laughs> menopause and wow, you know, that can trigger those things to come back again. So one of my biggest tips with that is just basically sunscreen is going to be your best friend. Um, and if you do choose to go through those routes of using skin lighteners or dermatology laser, you know, services and treatments, just protect it. You know, I always say maintenance is key. True. You know, especially when you're going through <clears throat> treatments that are aggressive to have this corrective uh, procedures done. If you don't protect it, it's like you're not doing anything. It's you're a waste, waste of your time. Money. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can get into the whole cosmetic side of it and makeup where you have color correcting the beauty of the color wheel. You do have um, color correctors that you can apply uh, with concealers. And the beauty about makeup, especially now in the day and age that we live in, it doesn't have to be four to five layers of makeup. It's not the cake. The consistency and quality and, and, and quality of makeup nowadays is amazing that less is more. But if you know how to apply what is correct, then you will get the effect that you want without having to layer on you know, in quote unquote cake on your face. So we don't have to do like the milk of magnesia. I remember reading oh that. Oh my gosh, I remember that. <laughs> you put that on first and then you put on the other thing and then you pop like a mean. Yeah, no, you don't have to do all of that. Um, skincare is definitely a must. I think a lot of people who go straight to makeup and there's this myth of saying, oh, don't wear too much makeup because then your skin is going to break out. Complete myth. I okay. mean, genetics does play a big part. If you are prone to acne, if you're prone to breakouts, you're just prone to it. It's in your DNA. Unfortunately, there's, there's you can control it, okay? And you can suppress it, but it's there. You do one wrong move and that's it. It's, it's going to be triggered, you know? I've been in the cosmetic industry, like I said, over 20 years working in the corporate aspect of it i had to have makeup on every single day wow. you know even taking flights at five in the morning you know i'm walking through the fully airport made fully makeup <laughs> on you know smoking out here she comes you know <laughs> but it's part of the job it's part of representing the beauty industry and it was my choice i love that i embrace it and i love it it's part of being that femininity, you know, I can change who I want to be, you know, one day I want to be extra glamorous and the next day I want to just showcase, you know, me and my skin. But skincare is very important and it is the basis of everything that comes into cosmetics, you know, color corrective makeup is going to be your best bet for that. You know, um, so I'm a complete neophyte. So tell me about that. <laughs> so I'm I'm in say CVS or Target okay. or whatever. What does that mean to me? So and right now, like I said, the day and age and the resources that we have with makeup is incredible. I never had any of that back in my day. <laughs> I never back in our I had day. to like you know play <laughs> with actual makeup, but now they have you know, beauty bombs, which are your BB creams. That's okay. what beauty BB stands for. Mm -hmm. BB creams, beauty bombs, um, CC creams, which are color correcting creams. These are some things that are so already made easily for you to pick up. And it'll tell you, um, you know, hyperpigmentation coverage for dark spots. Oh my goodness. Or, yeah. And it's so easy. And then at the same time, you're mixing it with skincare. 
So CC creams and BB creams are something that I will say had a huge hype a few years ago and I feel are so easy and go-tos, especially for new moms or the moms on the go or the working mom or someone like you, like you don't sit there, you're not a makeup artist, however, but you do like to put something on and look put together, right? So tinted moisturizers for me are the way to go and I love to always recommend this product because they do have brightening ones they have color corrective ones like i mentioned before so these are easy things that you can apply that will help to really minimize the look of the melasma or the hyperpigmentations and it gives you a nice coverage without all the weight and it adds the properties of the skincare and also some jucam of spf i mean oh my goodness yeah yeah <laughs> um would you share any brands like is that something that you would do um, or yeah i mean i'm I love to try all types of brands. If you want to get into drugstore brands, I am myself. I love NYX or NYX. Um, I love Morphe. I love Revlon, Maybelline. I mean, all of them. It really is what you like to use. I'm a okay. big fan of Milani. Milani is an amazing. It's actually a line that was made for women of color. But I love it because it has such a variety of shades and the pigment payoff on it is amazing amazing and i and any skin you know color can use it it's available in, for all skin shades but the coverage in it is amazing mm -hmm. so that's really an all-time fave for me it's very inexpensive mm -hmm. um been very high quality when i mean that's unheard of so. yeah yeah and um prestigious brands i mean if you want to walk into like an ulta sephora don't knock their their store brands they're really good ulta brands are very good sephora brands are very good at half of the cost of what you're going to pay for luxury brands so definitely don't knock it try it especially if you're playing around to kind of see what your routine is and keep it simple moisturizer with spf if you are very oily or very dry and makeup can't stay on, then I would opt for like a, a primer. Okay. Okay. Primers mm -hmm. are amazing. It, um, they have blurring primers to blur out um, larger pores. No? Okay. It'll blur out fine lines and wrinkles. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Yeah. I'm at that stage now. You know, I have to worry about wrinkles. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're expression lines. That means you're very happy. I love that. You know? Expression so lines. They're, you're expressive <laughs> that you're a very happy person. <laughs> um. So yeah, depending on what you want, again, it's very easy. It's very much on the product now. It is so common and so easy just to pick up a brand and it will really state what it's going to work. So it's not like, again, back in the day where you had to go to the beauty advisor, you had to get that person that one-on-one -on -one to teach things to you. Um, and I come from that world in the retail world where I worked at the beauty counters and that was my job was mm -hmm. to educate clients. Now you can still get that, but it's as easy as picking up your phone and Googling something, awesome. right? Yeah. But the product itself markets itself to what it's going to do for you. But again, keep it light, keep it simple, have your, your skincare moisturizer, sunscreen. Those are the two very important things. A primer if you have uh, a condition uh, or a concern in the skin, like an excessive production of oil, dryness, um, wrinkles, you know, so it blurs. It, it helps with texture. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. biggest thing. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we do with makeup is that we look for coverage, but we forget about texture. Those are two very different things. You consider they go hand in hand. They do go okay. hand in hand, but they are two different things that you want to really think of. And skincare is the reason why that plays a big, big part in that. 
there's an analogy that um, stuck with me when I was in school and I had a teacher and she explained it to me like this. You know, when you buy those sponges to wash the dishes yeah. and when you first buy them, they come into like this little plastic wrap, right? And they're kind of moist, but mm -hmm. they're dry. They're not immersed in water. If you were to put wa uh, soap on a dry sponge, it won't absorb. It won't absorb mm -hmm. and it won't make the, the suds. It won't set up. It won't stick onto mm -hmm. there. But if the minute you wet it, it now it creates a basis to set up the soap. Same thing with your skin. If your skin is not hydrated, it's not primed, whatever makeup you put on it, it's just going to slide off. It's not going to stick. It's not going to. I love that. Right? Yeah. Kind of gives a good visual to it. And it always sucks me. I'm like, oh, that is so right. Yeah, that's blends into my brain now. Yeah. So it's really about prepping and priming your skin correctly. And then makeup will work for you. You know, just buy the proper things for you. If you're oily, stay away from oil brands. You know, always go for the oil free. If you're dry, go for the oils. Okay. Okay. So it's very important that you know that your textures, I mean, we can get in deep. I know. <laughs> if you want to get in deep, you know, <laughs> make sure that you're using oil-based products together and not oil and water-based okay. because they don't mix. That so, makes sense. Yeah. You know, we, we know those things and then we don't when it comes to makeup. Right. You know, I'm very much like lost in the aisles. I'm that, I'm that person who's like, oh, I'll, I, I like how this looks. I haven't read much of it. Right. You know, and the thing is that I'll read for everything else. If I'm buying food, I'm like, okay, what's in the back of that? Right. You know, but um, yeah, but makeup, you're like, mm, yeah. like you know, how you would you even, know. yeah. So, which again, that goes in turn with still having the beauty experts giving you that expertise and educating on it. That's great to have that access, and that's what we're here to do. You know, because it's it's what I like to do. You know, I want to read makeup labels. <laughs> Yeah, again, simple routine, skincare, primer if you need it. You know, SPF is a must. Get get yourself. And again, if you want to mix it up, again, BB creams, yeah. you know, tinted moisturizers. You have two in one. You have your moisturizer and you have your makeup in there and you have an SPF. So usually three in one. Um, a little bit of concealer. Always set with powder because especially here in Florida, mm -hmm. it's hot. Mm -hmm. it's so hot and it's humid <laughs> if you don't set that's what runs as it runs into the lines that what runs into you know the little creases that you know are happy our expression lines yes <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah you know and then there's people that you know they need their mascara you need your brows for me are the most important it's like yes. guys you know brows give you the expression they they frame your eyes they say it's a frame to the eyes, you know, and the eyes is the windows to your soul. Oh, so. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure we have those window treatments on right, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, brows brows can make you look younger and can make you look older. True. They, it will make or break your expression, you know, on your face. It softens you up um, or it can make you look mature. Tired. If I'm honest, like, I think if I have, if my eyebrows are done and they're done well, then I can almost go out without makeup. That's yes. how I feel personally. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I completely, you know, if not, I'm like. Yeah, right. <laughs> hours. I hours trying to get it even, you know, which is the beauty of micropigmentation. Mm -hmm. And the reason mm -hmm. why I got into it is just giving you a step further for if you don't want to deal with that, you know. And micropigmentation now, it is insane. There's actually, believe it or not, micropigmentation for uh hyper i'm um, sorry there's micropigmentation for micro for hyperpigmentation oh really yes so they have these things called bb glows bb glow is with a needle very similar to have you heard of micro needling yeah yeah all right so instead of using 
a skincare treatment with the microneedling, they use a pigmented kind of per se foundation or pigment and you apply it onto the skin and it gives you the look of a BB cream or a tinted moisturizer, but now we're using it as micropigmentation. That's amazing. Yeah. So you have now a semi-permanent foundation on. Yeah. So it helps to even out the skin. It gives you the glow. Um, again, microneedling will help to stimulate the collagen. So What's the price one. point for that service? <clears throat> it does take more than one service. Okay. I would say about two to three. And usually it will start about two fifty. Okay. Per service. Because I saw, you know, like I as part of my prep, like I, I did some searches for melasma mm-hmm. and some of it was so extreme. I'm like, how do we even like go out after? Like how do we, you know, especially if it happened during pregnancy, maybe it didn't resolve completely postpartum. Right. Um, and it's really, it's, it's much larger than freckles. It's almost like took, took, yeah. you know, yeah. probably 80% of that patient's face. Mm-hmm. So something like that would be life changing. Absolutely. And again, it just, it helps, <clears throat> but you always have to get to the root and the source of the problem because if there is still an, in, uh, an imbalance of the hormones, no matter what treatment you do to it, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. So it's, um, it's like um, when we deal with laser hair removal, the first thing they tell you is do not take any stimulants or vitamins like biotin that help Makes promote sense. hair growth. Because you're <laughs> there, sense. right? You're there kind yeah. of trying to attack the problem, but then you're also taking something that is stimulating the problem. Mm-hmm. So if the hormones are stimulating and creating this melasma and this hyperpigmentation, you're attacking it at the wrong time. So you have to really hit the source of it, balance out your, your hormones, and then treat. It's very important. Even yeah. with the micropigmentation and everything, um, with hair loss, if you don't heal the root of the, the, the cause, or then we deal with once everything is healed, now we restore. True. Very smart. Yeah. I like it. So. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we actually, we went like, slides ahead you know but i love right? it i love it <laughs> this um is real. This is real. i know i know um so we actually we're gonna go back with selenia negra you know which is just yes. the, yeah which yes. <laughs> <laughs> is you know that that line down your abdomen um that yes. goes all the way down to the pubis takes months it's prominent during pregnancy and then it takes months to resolve um Actually, can take actually up to a year to resolve. Okay, yes. and it's more common than melasma. But um, I'm really I'm I'm thankful that there's so many options for patients with melasma because it's a lot more concerning, I think, yeah, than linear negra. But um, just to be on the lookout for that as yes, well. Yes. Yes. And then moles and areola, you know, the areola darkening. Yes. Um, definitely have seen that, and then areola the spilling, like you get a little bit of spilling of the pigmentation of the yes. areola. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let me ask you, the darkening of the areola, is that something also that is long-lasting? Does that all stay? No, it can resolve. Time? It can resolve. It resolves, yeah. Okay. Um, now, moles. I, I, they didn't say this in the articles that I looked up, um, mm-hmm. but definitely I think a lot, a lot of patients have, and myself personally, end up getting more moles during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's either they were there and then all of a sudden they're more prominent, um, but I, right. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's not yeah. only just the darkening of what you have, mm-hmm. but you tend to create more during pregnancy. Okay. Oh, you know, these little humans. They I know. <laughs> <laughs> they do a, no- they they do a number. They shake everything up. I know. Um, it's do. interesting, though. But that goes back to the fascination and how fascinating our bodies are. It's amazing. It's you know? true. Like, I truly see it as far as, you know, women. Wow. 
Powerful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, and I really like the discoveries that are made. Like, there's so much that, like, you know, it's it's like you, you went to busy school 20 years ago. You don't yeah. stop there. No. You just have to continue and continue and continue. I mean, the, the things that I felt that I knew in school, they're like, well, actually, we were wrong. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, you studied show. Yeah. You and know? that's the beauty of our industry, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's medical, health, wellness, beauty, and that's why it goes hand in hand. And I always compare it also to technology it's in one year the developments and the evolution of the industry of medicine and also beauty you know what you learned last year is obsolete you know it's like oh no that's old they don't use that anymore you know so it's really being on top of the game continue education i never stop educating i never stop learning new things techniques change needles in the micropigmentation world they evolve they get better how can we cause less trauma to the skin while implanting the pigmentation mm-hmm. that is key that <clears throat> is key uh, when it comes to the world of pmu which is permanent makeup and we we deal on a micro pigmentation you know levels it's micro meaning that we don't go deep into the dermis the way body tattoos are that's a big major thing that people don't understand and the skin heals on the face completely different than on the body. Because it's thinner, correct? It is thinner, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we work more superficially. We work, we hit right, right on top of the dermis. So there's really no blood involved. Very minimal if anything does come out again. That that really depends on the... Uh, Vasculature. The, correct. And the makeup of your skin and your body and how it is. But usually we really don't work with, with blood in that way. Now on the body, then we definitely can get a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the the scars and stretch marks and things like that. I want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, but. no, actually, that's what I wanted to talk about <laughs> next. You know, um, the the other one that I have actually never seen on a pregnant patient. I've seen it with other conditions like neurofibromas, okay. um, but the it's mollusca fibrosa. Uh, if you if you wanted to ever look at those pictures, it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit you know intense for patients. Okay. Um, it's just like extra skin. What I would describe as really huge skin tags. Okay. Right. Yes. yes. Um, but you know definitely the stretch marks. Right. Yes. I mean, <laughs> on your belly, on yes. your hips, yes, on your thighs. Yes. The, the battle scars, right? We yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about. Um, and I know that I'm jumping ahead, but. In your knowing what you know, how would you approach stretch marks? So postpartum, right? So postpartum, postpartum yes. right? And again, we need to let the body <clears throat> heal. We need to make sure that everything um, hormonally and everything. But once stretch marks are there, they're there, you know. But as the body comes to comes back together, right? Um, it all depends if if the mom wants to start tightening up at the gym to see what they can do naturally. But once you've healed and you've gone through everything, hormones are back to normal um, or somewhat normal, right? Um, There's two types of scar or stretch mark camouflaging that we can do. You have with ink and then you have inkless. Um, With ink, you're basically neutralizing the area. So if the stretch marks have turned um, are red or discolored, you know, darker than white you are or lighter, we can go ahead and camouflage and make it the same color as your skin and it'll help to minimize it visually. Now inkless uh, camouflaging is the same technique but now we're not using ink. What we're doing is we're allowing the needle 
to basically help to simulate and break oh, down scar okay, tissue. Neat. Yeah, so that it starts to now regenerate in a softer uh, tissue. So it helps to really flatten the area. It'll break down if it's keloids. So if it's if really have, yeah yeah if you have awesome. a scar that's keloid, the the needle will help to break down some of that scar tissue. Again, it will take a few sessions depending on how thick how old the scar is. Um, but it does, it works wonders. And when you see the difference, you're like, wow, you know, um, and these are things that do last, you know, these are not, once they are done, you most often don't need to come and get them retouched, but you do need uh, a few sessions depending on, again, which one, which technique you think works better? Ink or um, ink depends what you're going for. If they're superficial mm -hmm. stretch marks where again, it's just like, Oh, you know, I, got, I gained a little weight or I went to the gym and I got a little thicker, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, the ink one is going to give you more of the aesthetic, more of that camouflage look. Um, once we're getting into, you know, scar tissue because of pregnancy, deep scars, deep stretch marks, the inkless is always going to be better because, and even what, though we do with the ink, remember, we're still using the needle. So it's mm -hmm. still giving so that you got property. Both, right. You're doing both. Uh, but yeah, it, it depends. I think the inkless one will be more when we're attacking or we're honing in on the keloids and the scar tissue. Um, so we what, we just want to regenerate in that area first. So tell me, you know, so you have, you see these stars and they look incredible within six weeks and you're like, well. Liars. So, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I mean, what my question was, was do you think they're using these techniques or do you consider oh. it to be, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, <laughs> you know, and this comes into play with, you know, are you being active during your pregnancy? Number right. one, you know, yes. are you being active? Are you, um, working out? Are you eating right? Your body type genetics, you know, <laughs> sorry to say, but you know, some of us are born with it and some of us are not some, you know, some of us, we have to work for it. Keep yes. us humble, you know? Yes. Um, but being in that realm of having the money, having the contacts, you know, are you taking care of yourself before? I will tell you, if you're going through pregnancy and you have the money, you have the team, I mean, you're probably working out, you're probably eating right. There are therapies, contour body massage therapies that help you to stimulate collagen in the body and tighten and tone. Wow. Have you ever seen like um, wood therapy? Mm -mm, no. So they use these wood tools to basically massage the body and you're doing lymphatic drainage. Um, you are tightening and keeping that skin nice and tight. And these massages were very, very common for after plastic surgery. So when you get like tummy tuck, okay. liposuction, yes. and you get those um, mm -hmm. massages, they are offered now for aesthetics. Rebranding. I right, love it. <laughs> you know, so keep it tight, you know, mm -hmm. and it does help. So if you think about it, it's very, it's a lot easier to snap back. If you're doing these things before. Up front. You know, yeah. Up front. Correct. You can't um, lay on the couch the entire 10 months no. and then come and be like, listen. Exactly. And let's face it, you see these celebrities with these big bellies and they're on the runway with these heels and it's, it's like, girl, how are you doing this? It's because she's obviously, you know, being taken care of a little bit, you know, more. More. But these are things that I think should be done during your pregnancy. It's healthy for you. It's healthy for the baby. And it will be easier for your body to, you know, get back to what we call normal. Yes. 
Our new normal. Yes, Our your new, new normal. normal. Exactly. Because <laughs> your body does go through so much changes <laughs> with pregnancy. So, again, that's just, I think, is rule of thumb. Overall, pregnant or not pregnant, are we taking care of our bodies? True. You know, it's always going to be easier when you're giving it love. And our bodies need to be in movement. So, it will be easier to come back from it. But, yes, I'm sure I am more than sure that these celebrities are taking advantage of these things. Um, and there's just so much that you can do, you know, besides the PMU part of it. But these are things that are offered and are available for, I would say, more on that scar, something that can't be cut out, something that can't, you know, that you would, in other terms, cover up with makeup if you could. Right. But now let's be able to do it permanently yeah. in that way. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um. Okay, so we spoke about connective tissue changes. Uh, let's see. Um, so vascular changes. So we kind of touched a little bit on this, but we do expect right. that you'll have a little bit more swelling in the legs. You may have some redness in the hands. You may have spider veins, right? Yes. Um, tell me the name of that spider vein as you get older on your face again. Uh, Cuprose. Right, Cuprose. okay. <laughs> and it's not really from age. It's um, So usually it's, it's more commonly around the nose area. And let's bring it bring it down as an esthetician. When you're getting facials done and you're doing uh, extractions, mm -hmm. it's very easy to pop those veins, and then you get like they look like little red kind of. I've veins. seen I've seen yeah, quite around, a few of the. Mm -hmm. And it's usually in that area because that area is so tight. And when you're going in with manual extractions, um, it can just you know you burst them, and they're there. They, you, they're hugely um, known more in people with rosacea. Okay. Rosacea, they have the capillaries and the spider veins on the, those are called cuprose. So, okay. Um, it's highlighted, right, with the rosacea because rosacea is a condition in where your, your, your skin is triggered. You're highly sensitive and you get flare-ups. Very red usually is the appearance on the face. And believe it or not, the flare-ups are triggered by very heat, mm -hmm. like high heat, um, hot weather, spicy foods, alcohol, things like that. So... That's where you would see the cuprose skin around the the, the face area. Okay. Um, some other changes with, and of course, varicose veins. You know, mm -hmm. the dreaded varicosities. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay, we'll move on from vascular mm -hmm. changes, and then we have glandular changes. So, you know, our Montgomery's glands yes. on our areola. You know, definitely they get a little bit more prominent. They get a little bit darker. Sometimes you see almost like um, an increase. It looks like a pimple, right? Yes. Please yes, don't clean it. That's there no, for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good for, you know, everything is geared up towards lactation, right? Like, we right. want to make sure that you can feed the baby. And so it's there, one, uh, the, the thought process is that it's more prominent, so it's easier for baby to visualize. Uh, okay. um, two, it helps to lubricate the areola. Okay. And three, it's, it's supposed to be part of the immune response. Right, okay. so it helps to clean the nipple, you know, yeah. for the baby. So please leave leave them alone. <laughs> leave the Montgomery class alone. <laughs> you know, um, I also included here, you know, the breasts. You know, they got significantly larger. We get all these veins and everything yes. else. Um, this is not textbook. Don't you know? Write me about it. But <laughs> right. I just included here if we're going to talk about glandular changes. Mm -hmm. um, now, do you recommend? Because I've I've heard stories um, where women do grow hair in the area do you recommend that those be 
It depends on your partner. You know, can I say Mm -hmm. that? It depends on (laughs) how comfortable you feel with it. I've seen lots and lots of hairy breasts in my career. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it'll be like a single one, um, you know, or there could be multiple. Some patients shave. Mm -hmm. And I I can't imagine that's pleasant. You know? Um, Some people pluck. God bless that's, them. That's definitely like, I mean, I mean, that's a specific type of torture. Yes. So I think it just depends on your your part, how yeah. comfortable you feel when you're naked, you know, yeah. um, if it bothers you, which, you know, kind of brings us to the point. So like we're going to talk about skin mm-hmm. and, and hair and nails. And with hair, you know, it's fuller, um, it's longer. You have, you end up with um, looking great and then postpartum it falls off. I know. Anyway, it, it can shed. Um, but you also develop, you end up with hair all over your body. So if you had yeah. hair, you know, on your on your nipple, you end up with more. Some patients end up with hair between their breasts. You may have it on your chinny chin chin yeah. that you didn't have before. <laughs> um, so it's just other pleasant things um, right. with hair. And then nails, you know, you end up with nails that they grow faster, but they're more brittle. Yes, break I was easier. Say, yeah. Um, and then any tips there with nail care during pregnancy? Um, I mean, there's always natural ways of doing it. Um, they have nail hardeners that you can apply. Cuticle oil is always a must for me. It hydrates the nail. Again, everything, if you think about it, hydration, you mm-hmm, know, we mm-hmm. are made up mostly of water and water has healing properties in reality, you know? So the more hydrated that you keep, the better, the less enhancements that you put on it. So really, you know, and this is going to, trigger some and they're not going to like it but you know stay away from getting your nails done you know yeah. stay away from you know getting artificial you know acrylics or you know gels and and you can look at my nails right now and they're done you know i love it but <laughs> 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 let's face it you know too much of artificial will damage and weaken on top of what already is going on for your body correct and yeah. i never like the uv light like for me during yes. pregnancy i think it's a, mm-hmm. i don't think it's a, a wise idea yeah um i wanted to go back to cuticle oil so tell me about that like how often do you apply it um every night you know i personally wow. i like to yeah every i don't it's like what more <laughs> am i gonna add to my night you practice with right? you i love that yes i actually keep it right next to my night my, my bed in my nightstand and when i'm in bed i just just put it out just put it on there and while i'm watching tv i just you know rub it in and um i always opt for a almond oil if you're not allergic to almonds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's a very small molecule so it'll penetrate even through the polish it'll penetrate through acrylic yeah, so it'll hit and not and hydrate your natural nail. Um, and a lot of cuticle oils are usually based, I would say, the majority with almond oil. Okay, but they have different ones, um, and it's great because it it will it, it and it keeps your your nails longer. It'll help them to not chip. Um, so yeah. You're just like a walking wealth of beauty knowledge, right? I love it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever once used cuticle oil. Wow. Yeah, I'm not gonna show you my cuticles. Yeah, but... it'll keep them healthy. I promise. <laughs> it'll keep your nails a lot. <laughs> Tonight I'm gonna be like, listen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it'll keep the uh, hang nails right that we call it, or the cuticles that the, the dry cuticles that come out. Um, huge. If you're going through anxiety and stress, I see a lot of women that you know, or men also that chew on their nails and if you keep them hydrated and you don't have that then you're not chewing on it you right. know and which can cause infection and we can get into a whole other ball game with that but True. again some people may see it vain but if you really scrutinize it it's really about keeping everything in its health and and hygiene and, and how it should be to prevent things that can go left um 
And I think so. if it's, it's, it's part of self-care, right? It's part Absolutely. of self-love. Absolutely. So if, if I'm telling, and I, I've had this thing where I have to like look at myself in the mirror and be like, you, you are beautiful. You're wonderful. You got this, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So if when I go to the gym and I'm like, I've done something ridiculous in my mind, right? Then I'm like, who's better than you? Right. You know? So it's the same thing. Like if it's something that is as simple as showing yourself that you care about yourself by applying cuticle oil. Absolutely. And it's funny.